0: Hey guys, this is Dustin Langley. I'm the senior pastor at Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor, Washington. And this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get these new sermons every week. Hope you have a blessed day. Good morning, Peninsula Life Church. Good morning. We are in a new series called Emmanuel. It will be for the next two weeks. So today we get started. And the title of my message specifically is called In the waiting, which is perfect because we just sang that song in the waiting. Jesus is in our waiting. God has a plan and a purpose while we wait. Is it always his plan to make us wait? I don't believe so. I think sometimes our waiting periods and our seasons, they're self-induced. However, God can use anything, can't he? Any season, no matter what we're in, the circumstance, even if it's a season of fun, and not an obstacle. God can use and will use a season if we commit ourselves to him in the midst of that season. And it's because God will work things together for our good, because that is who he is, and that is what his word says about him. Waiting isn't fun, though. I don't think any, I would like to see a show of hands for people who enjoy waiting. Is there anybody in this room? Does anybody like waiting? Okay, I'm gonna put it this way. Some of you, if you have your cup, your cup of coffee in hand and you're waiting in a line, and you're an extrovert, I feel like you could wait all day. Does any other introverts in the room feel that way? Like if if you got an extrovert and they're content with their coffee and whatever else is in hand, they will talk and hang out all day. It doesn't matter how long the line is. It doesn't matter where you're going. And I, for me, I'm a, I'm a bit more of an introvert, I'll be honest with you. They may not feel that way because I'm on a stage and I have a microphone, but I like my alone time and I get maxed out when I talk too much. <laughs> there are some people who just kind of seems like they don't care if they had to wait another hour or two. For me, if I see a line, I'm like, we're going somewhere else. Even traffic, right? If I'm waiting in traffic, I'm like, I will go the back roads for the 15 minute longer route just so I can keep moving because I don't want to stay stuck. I don't want to wait any longer, But waiting is inevitable. It's a part of life. And what I do believe is that in the midst of our waiting, even if it's not a line or traffic, Sometimes it's a particular season of our life in an exact area of our life, whether it be family, maybe it's with a friendship, or maybe it's career-based, right? Might be your marriage. You might be in this season of waiting right now where you're like, God, when are you going to show up? Because if you show up, everything's going to change. And some of us at some point or even right now are in that season. You're waiting and wondering, God, where are you? God, when is the miracle coming? And how is this all going to play out? Maybe even asking the question, why? Why am I in this season? Why am I having to wait for a new job? Why am I having to wait for my kids to do the right thing? Why am I having to wait for whatever it might be? You might be asking that question. Why am I waiting? Waiting is always a part of God's plan. Now, When it comes to the self-induced seasons of waiting, that may have not have been God's plan, but what God likes to do is take our personal detours and still give you a final destination that has good at the end of it. And our God is a good God who takes care of us in the midst of our waiting, but God is a God who always can do something in the waiting season. And in Psalm chapter 130, And verse 5 says this, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. Waits. What is our soul? It's our mind, our will, our emotions. It's the inner Dustin. That's my name, Pastor Dustin. My soul is the inner me. It's who I am. It's what's comprised on the inside of me. It's why I act the way that I do. It's who I am. It's what I be. And it's my soul that also is waiting on the Lord, not just this time, this external existence that I'm in, but even the internal part of me waits on the Lord, just like David did as he wrote this psalm, but he says this in the midst of his waiting, because David had some periods of waiting. How many of you know that? I think of David before he was even given the title king. He was a shepherd out in the field where he would wait days, months, who knows how long he would be out there with the sheep before he would see some type of fruit from his work. Who knows how long his dad would leave him out in the field to work throughout the day in order to get all the chores done, to get everything else done that needed to be done to make sure their family could make a living. But David waited, and it was in that process of waiting after, the prophecy was given to him that he finally earned and took on that title of king. Even after that, he was, he was persecuted. He was driven out. He was exiled at times. He had to run for his life. He found himself in multiple caves, not just one cave. And David was able to write these words, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, God's word, I, it's in God's word that we find hope in the midst of our waiting, church. And what does that mean? And what does that even look like? Well, waiting is an interesting thing because we're a microwave society here in America. Would you agree with that, church? All right, I need a little more interaction or else I only do better if you do better. (laughs) world like especially in America if it can't be thrown in the microwave and I get it now then you probably don't want it I would bet half the food in your home is frozen it's because it's how most people operate now I want pizza and I want it now hot pocket throw it in the microwave two minutes later it's awesome I got it now it's gratifying but the moment you eat it too quickly see mouth is burned everything isn't always best served when you want it burn your mouth. Kind of like Captain Crunch. I want it now. I want to eat the whole bowl. However, your mouth is destroyed if you eat it too quickly. It's just how stuff works. You're not always meant to have everything right now when you want it. And that's how God works in our life. He wants us to wait because it's in the midst of our waiting. Not only do I believe that it's his plan at times for our life, but it's where we find growth spiritually in our soul, right? How good of a disciple would you be if the moment you prayed, you got everything you ever wanted? No, we'd have a bunch of spoiled brats is what we would have church. All right? We wouldn't, I mean, it sounds amazing. God, I want a million dollars. Kind of like that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart walks in the store, hits the thing, the flame gun's on, he's, I wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog! He He wins, right? But no, God doesn't work like that in your life. You do not get what you want when you ask for it, because if you did that, you would never know what it meant to wait on the Lord, because waiting on the Lord is a spiritual discipline that we must employ while we are waiting for something good on the other side of our tragedy, on the other side of our grief, right? You would never know what the comfort of God looked like or felt like if you never went through times of grief in your life, amen? We would never know what the love of God feels like if our hearts had never been broken or don't get broken, amen? We would never know what joy feels like if we never felt what depression and anxiety and stress feels like. But Jesus, in the midst of our waning and in the midst of our pain, shows up and uses those negative things ultimately for his glory, but also to encourage and exalt you and to exalt me and to lift us up. I love that scripture in Second Peter. I I didn't give it to the team back there, but it's, it's one that I quote often, 2 Peter chapter 5, I believe it's verse 6, is I will humble myself, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord and he will exalt us in due time. That word due time, what it it means and what it's talking about is just that it's not an exact time but it means that he's going to exalt me someday. I'm going to be lifted up. I'm going to get to the end of this time period of waiting. I'm going to get through my struggle. I'm going to finally see what God has for me at some point. But what must I do in this waiting process? I have to humble myself. To who? I'm not going to humble myself to the president or to my boss. Or I mean, we probably should to our boss if you want to stay employed. However, if I only subject myself and bow down, to the people of this world it's constantly going to fail me. But when I bow down and give my heart and give my soul and I look to the Lord and I humble myself to him, it says he will exalt me in due time. Not my time. It's going to be his time, which means I don't know what time that's going to be. But due time means that there will be a time in which it's going to come. And that is how God works. He has a plan on the other side or in the midst of your waiting and on the other side of your waiting. He has something. Good. Waiting is always a part of God's plan. And I believe it happens even in the simplest things of life. You know what? You should probably wait before you ask that person to marry you, men. Just because you went out on one date doesn't mean she's the one. Ladies, that's for you too, because I know we're in a different day and age and you can do whatever you want. But what what I'm trying to tell you is it would be wise if you waited more than one date before you were like, I'm going to ask that lady to marry me. And now, okay, let's go ahead and throw out all the people in the room who are thinking, well, Pastor Dustin, I know somebody who knows somebody that has a friend that after one date they knew and they were married the next next week. Okay, but how often has that worked? It's because it's not God's plan for you to have instant gratification in your life. He wa- There's a vetting process involved by dating. That's why we, call it courting or dating. You should get to know the person well that you're going to be marrying. Can I get an amen? All the single ladies, all the single. (laughs) Let me just... I'm just saying, right? Like, we should definitely get to know them well. What do they believe? Do they go to church? Do they pray? Do they have a job? Do they have the same political stance as you? Some people, I'm telling you, I do some pre-marriage counseling, and it sounds as though they have never talked about any of these important aspects that exist in life and it's scary. We should wait on the Lord, even in the midst of our dating and this process, because God will reveal some trying times for you. And if you can make it through the hard times through your dating period, I'll tell you what, I believe you can make it through the hard times in your marriage. Because if you have two people who are fully reliant on God, then when you do that, they're not, your your spouse won't be your source. God will be. Amen. And you'll be able to get through that waiting period when you're just waiting for them to change, right? Because they're the problem, I know. But guess what? You can't change anybody either, so change yourself. That was for somebody, maybe me. But I also believe there's very practical ways in which we also should be waiting because some of us were very, some of you are very prophetic. Some of us are prophetic and you feel as though maybe you even get words of knowledge or discernment at times from God. And because you are that way, sometimes we have a uh, tendency to move too quickly because we think we heard from God and it may have very well been just the pizza you ate the night before, right? You wake up because you had a dream about Texas and you're like, I'm supposed to move to Texas. Pack up the family. Let's go. We're going to Texas because yeah, we should go to Texas. The gas is cheaper. Barbecue. Yeah, of course. You might like their governor better. I don't know. There are many other things about Texas you might like. I don't know. But just because you had a dream about Texas doesn't mean you put your home on the market the next day and book a plane ticket to Texas for their family the next week. There's a waiting process in the major areas of our life that we should have wise counsel in, but waiting is a part of God's plan because if he gave you everything you wanted right away, we would never know what it meant like to wait on God, but also to experience all of the attributes that God divinely gives us in the waiting period, such as those things that I mentioned earlier, like joy and peace and comfort, and the love of God. These are all very important aspects of God that we may have never experienced or won't experience if we don't wait on him in the hard and trying times of our life. And it says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him, which means I have a part in the waiting process, right? We all have a part in the waiting process. Some of us, we just want to sit back in the rocking chair and go like this and wait on God. God, I'm waiting for you to get me a job. We'll have you filled out an application. God, I'm waiting for you to bring me a spouse It just show up on my doorstep. Have you looked? I mean, the online dating thing is kind of what a lot of people are doing nowadays. But are you even on the right site? What I'm trying to say is... What is our step in the process of waiting? Because the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. If we aren't pursuing God in the midst of our waiting, however, are we going to hear from him? Because the Lord isn't gonna bust in your door or break your legs and make you wait. He's not gonna dangle everything that you need in front of you and let you just grab what you want. God shows up when we pursue him. Amen. The Bible says that to draw near to him, that's an active portion that we partake in, draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. We have a purpose and a part in the waiting period of our life. And waiting is a part of God's good plan for our life. You know, I take a look at how God used history and how God worked to finally bring about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to humanity, the Savior of the world, right? I mean, there was this 400-year, they call it the intertestamental period between the bookend of the Old Testament, Malachi— And the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, there was a 400-year period of silence. At least that's what the theologians write, right? It's this blackout period. It's God turned his back, or at least nothing fell on the record. There are no recorded prophecies given. And so we have this 400-year gap in between the different books that we find from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And now we get to, we look at that and you might be hearing that for the first time and you're like, where'd God go? Right? I say that like every day, God, where'd you go? I need you like right now. (laughs) But during this 400 year period of waiting from the outset, or I would imagine for the generations who had to endure that, right? Because would you want to be in that period of time where there was no recorded prophecy, no prophets that we know of who were actively speaking God's word to his people? There was silence for 400 years. But I'd want you to know today that even though there was silence for 400 years and there was nothing that fell on the record, and incorporated into the canon and scripture God was still working the holy spirit was still Moving, And we see it because all throughout the history of the nation of Israel, they constantly went in and out of bondage. They were in exile, then they were out. Then they were back into exile, and then they were out. And then they went back into exile again. And then at the, I guess, about the third or fourth time after being in bondage, because other nations would take them over because they would abandon Yahweh. They would abandon God. They would look elsewhere for help and support because they would lose their reliance and their trust in God. Finally, Alexander the Great, how many of you know that name? Not just because the movie's coming out. But Alexander the Great came in and he took over. And and actually, I'd like to thank Set Free, the nation of Israel, because Alexander the Great came in and started wiping all these nations out and taking over and created this Greek dynasty. And the Israelites came in under Alexander the Great because Alexander the Great actually was pretty gracious to the nation of Israel and to these Jews because he allowed for them to worship their God, our God, Yahweh. And it was through this Greek dynasty that the Israelites actually prospered a little bit. Now, there were different successors to Alexander the Great, which we won't get into all that. But after about 230 years of this Greek rule and the Israelites being under the rule and reign, we then see Pompey the Great from the Roman Empire come in and he destroyed and wiped out this Greek dynasty. And now the Israelites were under new rule. And so this is what happened during this 400 year intertestamental period that we say God was silent. Nothing happened. Well, stuff happened. There was a lot of bondage. There was a lot of, of domineering and taking over, but there was also a little bit of religious freedom that happened. However, there was things that I truly believe God was doing behind the scenes during this time that allowed for the gospel to flourish at the right time and moment for when Jesus would come. Because what happens in the book of Matthew? Jesus comes. That's what changes this 400-year period. Jesus comes. But why did he come at this specific point in history and in time? There had been this 400-year waiting period. The Jews were waiting. Miss Jesus, when are you going to come? A Messiah, we need a Savior. We need to wipe out these people who have had us subjected to them for all these hundreds of years. And it was at this exact point in time, 400 years after the Greek reign and then now the Roman Empire reign, that Jesus, that God, would choose to come in the flesh. But why? Because even though it seemed God was silent for 400 years, he was working behind the scenes and I'll tell you how. During the time of the Greek dynasty, we see Alexander the Great take over so much territory. He expanded that kingdom so great that the Greek language became commonplace all around those continents. It's kind of like English today. Everywhere you go, it seems as though most people might speak English, at least to most of the civilized places of the world. And so when you go around, you just, I mean, you take a vacation and you expect, I mean, you might be in Egypt, you might be over in Thailand, and you're just speaking English because you might assume they might know what you're saying. That's the way that it was with the Greek language during that time because of the Greek dynasty that expanded so great under Alexander the Great. So what happened during this time, because Greek was such a common language and everybody could read it, the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, Is everybody tracking with me? I got too much history going on. All right, I'm going to keep you going. Here we go. This is all the information. I'll get to the inspiration in a moment, all right? But because Greek was so commonplace, the Old Testament Bible, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy was all translated from Hebrew into Greek, and they call that the Septuagint. So if you've ever heard that term in regard to the Old Testament, it's just the Old Testament Hebrew words translated now into Greek, which made it possible for all of the surrounding nations and all of the commonplace language now for people to hear about God, to read about Yahweh. And then the Roman Empire came in and wiped out this Greek empire. So what now, God? Are you telling me this is supposed to be good? We're going to be dominated again? Well, what happened during the Roman Empire and during their rule, they created roads and travelways all over the region. It was now possible for not only for people who were speaking Greek all over the place to understand the word of God, it could now be possible to transport and get the word of God out to the surrounding regions faster than ever before, and it was at this point in time that God chose to intersect time and space and send his son Jesus to the earth because the 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 plot and the platform was set for salvation. So yeah, there was a 400 year waiting period, but was God absent? Was he not working? Man, look at what God did during that time, church. And I say all this because I believe that God is currently using your waiting season as well to prepare for what's to come. Not only did he use that intertestamental period to prepare for the Messiah, he is using your waiting period right now to prepare for the good news, for the miracle, for the things that he has in store for you. But what are we doing now while we're in the waiting, amen? How are we waiting? Are we waking up in the morning and say, God, is it my miracle yet? Oh no, what's on the news? Am I saying, God, where's my miracle? Why isn't my wife better? Why isn't my husband the way I want him to be? Why isn't the job that I've always wanted in my lap Or did we wake up that morning and get on our knees and seek after God and say, Lord, I may not have what I've been asking for yet, but I know it will come to pass. Because our God is a God who gives us the desires of our heart, the Bible says. But are our desires lined up with his will and with his word? God has a waiting season for each and every one of us. And he's preparing us for what is to come. In Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. And heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure and the words of David ring so true even now because he says I waited patiently. How many of us in this room wait patiently? Not me, I wait all anxious and stressed out. Come on now, anybody else in this room? When I'm waiting on something big, oh, I just get I get worked up, right? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Amazon, where are you? You said it was coming the next day. I got the prime, I paid the money. Why isn't here? right? We wait anxiously, most of us. We wait all stressed out. And look at the words of David. He said, no, in verse one, let's go back to verse one, Psalm chapter 40 and verse one. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry, which means what was David doing in the midst of his waiting? If David was crying out to God, it means he was praying to God. So what should we do in our waiting church? We should pray. Do you know it's okay to cry out to God? And he sees that as prayer. He actually inclines his ear to hear, as David mentions. And he hears our cry. It's okay if you cry to God. I see that as a form of prayer. He sees that as a form of prayer. David cried out to God just as we should be doing in the midst of our waiting. Because some of you, your obstacle right now is so big. Your challenge seems insurmountable. It seems as though you're never going to get to the other side of this waiting period. But I believe in a God who is able, amen? I believe in a God who meets our needs. I believe in a God who is able to get us to the other side of the valley and bring you back to the mountaintop. And I believe we have a God who cares about you while you're in the midst of your waiting right now. We have a God who loves us enough that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. But the reality is, is some of us, we just give up too soon while we're in the waiting. Would you agree with me? I think American culture, like I said, we're a microwave culture. We get it frozen. It don't matter, but we heat it up in two minutes and we're eating. And we work that way in our life. Even in the major thing, right? If, if, if you're, if you, you come into an organization, generally, Especially with no experience at an entry-level position, and some of you are like, "I want to be VP. <laughs> I want to be. I could do a better job than them. Look at what they're doing." And it's like, uh, "You just kind of came in. You need to wait, gain a little bit of experience." But we want it now. And I think Hollywood has tainted marriages in America because it seems as though that if you don't like what you got right now, then you can just get a new one. Oh. Don't mind waiting for God to do a mighty work in your marriage when you can just get a new one, right? This is the the, the, the I guess, the sentiment behind marriage in America is that if you don't like what you got, get a new one. But Jesus, even his words say that marriage is good and what he has put together, let no man separate, which means that Jesus isn't going to be the one that's always just holding everything together. There's work that needs to be done on both sides, but it needs both sides to also say that marriage is good and possible. And you might be waiting for your spouse to change. You might be waiting for the person that you love so much to finally do what you've been asking them to do. And you've been waiting. You've. Been, it's been 15 years. And you might be waiting and waiting and waiting, but here's the reality too, is you can't change somebody. All you can change is yourself. And in the midst of our waiting, we can't always focus and look at everybody else as the problem. We can only look inwardly and ask God, what can I do now for me in the midst of my waiting? How can I be better? How can I be a better steward of what you've given me? How can I be a better husband or wife how can i be a better employee to my boss so that he sees me and recognizes me and i get an opportunity for advancement how can i be better with what i already have god and that is the heart set and the mindset we must have in the midst of our waiting because god shows up and it's in due season not in your season or his it's in his timing not in your timing but god will show up because god is working things out during our waiting Season. You know, the nation of Israel didn't think God was moving during those 400 years of silence, but look what he did when Jesus finally came. Look what happened throughout the Greek dynasty and the Roman Empire. Look how God perfectly paved a way for the good news of Jesus to flourish in that day and age. And I believe the same God is still working in our life right now and in our waiting period. Because for us believers, for those of you who believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it says in Romans chapter eight and verse 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. God is able to take Your mess and turn it into some good message. God is able to also take where you're at and get you into a position that you never thought was possible, but we must stay reliant on Him. We have a good God and He cares about us so much that He is always working things out for our good, even if it's self induced. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! I am so grateful that God doesn't judge me or determine my final destination based off my daily acts. He has already forgiven me, and the moment that I fail again, he picks me up, and he says, and he dusts me off, and he says, I got you. Because even though we fall, he doesn't cast us down into the pit. He lifts us up in the palm of his hands, church. And so what are you doing in the midst of your waiting? David prayed. He cried out to God. He also relied on the word of God, the promises of God, right? We read that at the beginning in Psalm chapter 130 and verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and I my hope and his hope is found in his word. And so on the other side, this is what I wrote down because I truly believe this. On the other side of our waiting is the fulfillment of the miracle that you've been praying for. Is it going to take five years? I don't know. Is it going to take five months? I don't know, but he does. But so many of us, we give up too soon because we think something better is probably on the other side. Oh, it's not worth hurting. It's not worth suffering. It's not worth going through it. But if it was from God in the first place, if it was good at first, it means that it can still be good and probably still is, especially if it's biblical. But we have to not give up. And on the other side of our waiting is the fulfillment of God's promise and the miracle that he has waiting for us. Gosh, I think of how God worked in the midst of Israel's waiting. They were waiting for their Messiah. And it wasn't until 400 years that he finally said, actually thousands of years, because they had been waiting since the promise given to Abraham. You look back to Genesis, 3,000 plus years before the coming of Jesus and the nation of Israel needed a Messiah and were waiting for a Messiah. And you want to know the promise God gave to Abraham? He said, your descendants will be many. They will be more than the stars in the heaven, more than the sands of the granules of sand that you can't even count on the beach. Your nation will be great. Your people will be great. And the line of the Messiah will come from you. Israel will be blessed. And Abraham was like, yeah, God, let's do this. And I bet he walked out the next day ready to roll and was like, oh, it's Monday. God had just given them amazing promise. And it took 25 years until Abraham had his first son. What do you mean I'm going to populate and bless this earth, God? It took 25 years. But God does amazing things in the midst of our waiting. Abraham didn't give up on God. Abraham didn't turn his back on God. He wanted to at times. He cried out like David. They even tried to come up with the solution and Hagar got introduced. But that's another story and for another time. But God still worked Everything out through their failures because their hearts were still pursuing Jesus. And you might be in your waiting period right now and you think, man, God will never bring me through to the other side though because I did X. I did Y. I did Z. I'm too bad. I failed last weekend. I didn't do so hot this week because I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm waiting. It doesn't matter if you fail. Hick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep pursuing Jesus because He is there waiting and He will give you the strength you need to do just that. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and if you did, make sure to like and subscribe so you can receive these new messages as soon as they're available. Also, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who are part of Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor. Whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages online, it's because of you that we're able to reach people locally and around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of the church, make sure you click the link in the description. To help us continue to spread the good news, don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. Have a blessed day.